You're listening to Gizmonic Institute Radio. In the not too distant future, on no specific date, there were two guys with a mutual love of MSD3K. They were on their way to watch a favorite show, but then things went bad as they tend to go. When they woke up, they were surprised to find they had been kidnapped by a scientist and launched to the sky. Now they're stuck in space until they've watched every episode of the show. That's the only way that Dr. Odd says he'll ever let them go. Now we invite you to join our heroes as they travel both near and far. Podcasting their grand adventures while hurtling through the stars. It's time for Gizmonic Institute's Radio. So our run in of space dogs has me thinking, what other space animals are up here, Dr. Odd, that we don't know about? Oh, there's all kinds. All kinds. Okay. It's a, it's a, what's that word for lots of animals? A menagerie. A ma- I was going to say a zoo or a menagerie. A menagerie. <laughs> it's fun. It's kind yeah. of, you know, kind of like Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. a menagerie. Yeah. <laughs> if there were some, <laughs> good thing there's a, not a three a universes, or it'd be a menagerie trois. Oh, yeah, okay. The I'm new- just imagining a bunch of cats and lazy bras. Very fun. That's actually yes. That's one of them. The space cats. Uh, oh. They are uh, uh, lingerie cats. Someone's been someone's been uh, perusing deviant art. <laughs> but uh, so we've got okay. We have space dogs, space which are cats. just vicious packs of dogs who each have three butts. Um, oh, six. The six butts. Yeah, oh, yeah count it. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. You guys know I'm not good with numbers. Um, so you get the six butt space. Well, it's dogs. actually really handy because they're arranged like the dots on a, a on a piece on of a, on a dice. On a dice. Yeah, so, okay. you, so you can like recognize that pattern. Very good. That's oh, man. yes. That's why they're they're very popular at space casinos. Oh, <laughs> you just gotta throw your space dog. Yeah, you play uh, craps literally. <laughs> So, so if a space dog has an itchy butt, do they do they rub all six butts across the carpet? Uh, what carpet? God, get with it! You see the carpet of? Come on, it's that's so stupid. You guys remember that I have shag carpeting on my elbows? Have a look. I forgot I about that. Yeah. that is, you know, I guess I guess there is carpet yeah. in space. Uh, take it back. Yeah, who's who's the stupid one now, Doctor Odd? <laughs> it's still you. Okay. Fair enough. And it does match the drapes that we hung up in my, my quarters. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. So okay. We'll let that pass. So, yeah, there's uh, got space dogs, got space cats. You've got, yeah. uh, okay. uh, got space lizards. Ooh. Okay, tell us about space lizards. Space lizards are actually just the slang term for the poop that the space dogs make. <laughs> Wait, uh, that's a little so it's not really an animal. Well, well, I mean, in space it could be. It could have a life of its own. It can be. I mean, I keep, yeah. I keep three of them here in this terrarium right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that those came that's from space weird. dogs. Yeah, so, okay. Look, mm-hmm. You have three... Out of six of a space dog's poop. That's right. In, if I get the other area. three, if I get the other three, I get a decoder ring in the mail. <laughs> That's <laughs> you, amazing. You send it in, get a free, free uh, bag of, of uh, Tootsie Roll pops. If you get all yeah. six. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Which is ironic because they, the space lizards, they do look a little bit like Tootsie Rolls, so yeah. it, it makes sense. <laughs> okay. So, so Jeff, in all your time, because you've been, well, I guess we've been floating up around in space around close to the same time, but I've been pretty yeah. isolated. Sure. Um, have you ever encountered uh, any sentient life? 
Um, there were some talking sandwiches at one point. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dr. Hood ate one. them all. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Hood? Yep. You're um, like the Swedish chef. That's pure evil eating sentient food. Yep. There was a... Uh, it was delicious. It was egg salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. I mean, in that case, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. It's not going to last that long anyway. The lifespan of an egg salad sandwich, sentient or not, is probably not very long. Um, there was uh, uh, the, the ta- giant... Talking gorilla. Uh, yeah, fats, oh, fats Geronimo. Fats Domino. Yeah, oh, fats Geronimo. Yeah, fats, fats Domino. Is is he, like, come on, there's copyright yeah. stuff on that. Don't mess I'm it up. I'm kind of imagining a uh, Donkey Kong sort of thing. Is that? Uh, okay, imagine Donkey Kong. Okay. But put him in, in a, a tuxedo. In a, <laughs> oh, in a lounge. Dapper. In a lounge, like uniform, like a lounge suit. Covered with his enemy's blood. Yes. I didn't know that there's so much fashion in space. Mm-hmm. Well, this was originally an Earth product oh. that uh, Doctor Odd really. Um, you did something. T- I don't remember he what he was. He was the member, you know. He was the front man of the rocket fire explosion. Yes. Yeah. The, oh, the, the oh, the that's right. There was pizza. a the showbiz pizza. Yeah. And yes. so there was there was a, a rivalry live. between. Yes. The, well, the, well, this used to be a showbiz, you know, before before the rat, right. as I call him, he bought it all out. So. He, uh, uh, Fats Geronimo, you know, I figured, hey, you know, make him sentient. I mean, he's, he's up there like, <laughs> like some kind of horrid, you know, uh, enslaved gorilla up there singing every night for these kids. So, you know, I just put a brain in his head and I thought it would work out great. You know, uh, for someone who poops in a bucket of ripped DVDs, you, uh, you can actually do some pretty smart stuff sometimes. I know. So what can I, I get, say? I get a little confused. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the where the mad part of mad scientist comes in. Yeah, I yeah. suppose so. So, so question. Yeah. Uh, for uh, any other sentients out there, should we send out some sort of like signal so that people know that we're intelligent? You know, other life forms. So we could send like a recorded uh, message. I would like to remind you, this has not worked out well in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, I hey. see you're reaching toward now Trebus's copper flute, and I don't. No, 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 no. I think we should do an actual recorded message that proves how smart we are. I'm not going to take... Trebus, you fine. I'm not touching your flute. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, so for example, we could record a message okay. on a cassette tape, and we can just eject it into space. The and cassette then, tape itself? Yeah. It'll have our space address, which is by Earth. <laughs> by Earth. Okay. Space... The uh, the spaceship that what what shape is our spaceship in? I've I've tried oh, yeah, to map it from the inside, but I, yeah, I've not seen the it's outside. It's a shape. It's called Kumquat. Okay. Huh. So it was just a bunch of like scrap metal that you welded together. It's, I in the, it's, it's supposed it's a to be semicircular shape. It's supposed to be in the shape of a kumquat. Oh, it was intentionally a kumquat shape. Didn't work now, out. what is the shape of a kumquat? Because I don't know that. Look it up on the internet. Okay. Fruit. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up. Okay, Fruit so shape. <laughs> here, this is how our, our our tape will start. It'll say, "This okay. is Jeff and Renee. Address close to Earth." Um, and then we say some, both say something really smart. Go ahead. Uh, are, did you already say the okay? The Jeff and Renee close to Earth. Yeah. No, this isn't going well because. Did you put the Comquat part in there? You gotta make sure because there's oh, other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Could yeah, be a different yeah. ship. The Comquat close to Earth. This the, the, we're, this ship Comquat shaped. Yes. The big mm-hmm. metal okay. Comquat that is orbiting around Earth. Can't it's, miss a Comquat's like somebody somebody like put an orange in a sock and then. Let me see. And then like threw it around for a while so it was no longer oh, around. Oh, weird. It's like an egg and an orange together. Yeah. I okay. wouldn't be surprised if a dinosaur came out. You know, one time Should I put we? an orange in a sock. <laughs> yeah? 
And I, uh, and then I beat my legs with it to get some insurance money. Okay. <laughs> All right. Did you learn a lot about yourself during that experience? It's uh, what I, I did. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about bruising. And I learned a lot about how to, to hide money when you rip off insurance companies. <laughs> hey, hey, Dr. Rod. Aren't you glad you beat your legs with an orange in a sock? Orange, orange, I'm glad. <laughs> orange, you glad. Orange, you glad. Orange, you glad. I didn't say banana. D- truthfully, no. It did. The payout was not as much as I expected. <laughs> you were hoping. <laughs> was this like workman's comp insurance? Jeff, all this like... counts as your intelligence. Well, you see, I had a uh, yes. It was a. Uh, uh, I had the uh, Aflac. Okay. All right. And so I figure I beat my legs with an orange and a sock and bruise myself up real good and tell him, oh man, I got in this bad, bad bicycle accident. <laughs> it's just my ties. But the problem is, it turns out, Aflac only pays like the money that you lost from not working. Oh, and I guess like so if so you don't have a, a job, job, it doesn't yeah. actually pay anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. But Lesson learned, you know. The wonderful experience of putting an orange in a sock and bruising your own and thighs. beating okay. myself mercilessly. Yeah. All right, that counts as your intelligent message. No, I, I don't think that counts as my... Uh, here's my intelligent message. Um, once a day, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you smile, then that's a good day. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty God, nice. that, was, that was dumb. Hey, hey, hey! You hey. can't, you can't judge my intelligent thing that I'm gonna give. This oh, is, this is the all I think life. I can. I oh, think I enough. can. Here's, here's my message. I'm gonna do prime numbers. Okay. One. Yep. Four. Nope. Seventeen. Fifty point <laughs> yes. three. Well, no. And eleven. Okay. Close enough. I think like three out of the five were prime numbers. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know what, Doctor Odd? You're the one who put us up here. You want, you want to put an intelligent message in here? Oh, uh, I'm sure. Are you okay. are you ready? You got a pen? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, okay. I mean, you're, yeah. We'll just we'll just, we'll just record, record your, your audio, voice yeah. coming over the speakers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> send send sandwiches. <laughs> it's just. I thought you were gonna start singing "Send in the Clowns." <laughs> I was really excited. <laughs> send in the sandwiches. <laughs> send in <laughs> the sandwiches. Send in those crusty, meaty good things to my mouth. Oh, this is this it's is so a sad though. song about sandwiches. I like it. I'm always sad when there aren't sandwiches around. <laughs> Fair enough. You I should guess. move to a different restaurant. Well, that's, he does you know, have that's those. That's a very valid point. Why do I live inside of a pizza restaurant and I? Oh well. You love sandwiches. Well, I I would I get that because if I lived in a pizza restaurant, I probably would never want to eat pizza. I would want to eat anything but pizza. Yes, that's so. true. You said but pizza. Yeah, I nice. Did. And that is a very accurate description of Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Yeah, <laughs> but pizza. Yeah, I, Today's maybe episode if, is brought to you. What, it's what, brought to you so by so butt pizza. I, okay, I, I, one other thing. Uh, I want to. I think we should record an audio log and put that on the tape too. What? Okay. what? Pizza? No, no. <laughs> no, an audio log. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. I was, oh, okay. Yeah. I was pretty yeah. into I mean, I was into the butt pizza idea. Don't get well, me wrong. And that's, 
that's the other thing we can talk about. I I want I want to explore butt pizza Send a little bit in more. Send the butt pizza. Um, and then I also Jeff wants to explore want to, his butt pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see what kind of toppings and you know. I don't have to be in the room for that though, right? Accoutrement this butt pizza's got. Okay. Uh, but uh, I also want to, Doctor Odd. After we do an audio, like talk to you about where you would want to live. Um, if you were not living in a Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. So, Man, you know, just, I have to really think about that. Yeah. Well, well, you have a whole audio log to think about. What was that, t- like, something home makeover? What am I thinking uh, of? Extreme home makeover? Yeah, we should do that in our minds for Dr. Odd. Okay. All right. Yeah, sure. Well, let's do an audio log first. Bye-bye. So have something to send to these, these aliens as a message. This is the audio log for MST3K Season 11, Episode 6, Star Crash. Star Crash. Star Crash. All right, so what would your uh, cinematic series, Star Blank, what would your blank be? Star, well, I can't do Crash. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the obvious first choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do Wars. No. I can't do Tracks. No. Um, hmm. Star stuff. Okay, but that's yeah. Carl Sagan's one, right? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, but it's not a series, though. Yeah, but th- Carl Sagan is Morglorp in Star Stuff. All right, no, mine's is gonna be Star Bats. Star Bats? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of fun. I think it'd be very fun. Yeah. It's kind of like a I Am Legend meets Star Wars. Wait, is that the movie where Will Smith fights like vampires? Sort of vampires, okay. sort of zombies. Yeah, they're like humans that have taken the vampire virus. Yeah, but in my alert. There's sort of humans, sort of vampires, sort of zombies, sort of bats. Okay. Sort of in space. Oh, I like it. Just a little um, bit in space. Can I change mine then? Yes, okay. It would either be, I got two. I got two. Starbots. Because mm-hmm. I think fun. that would be fun. It would be, be like a kind of slice of life sitcom about these Starbots. Yeah. And they're just, just their life. They're just goofing. Maybe, you know. maybe they're roommates and one of them's really orderly and the other yeah. one's really messy. Yeah. It's like like kind of a strange couple of robots. Yeah. That are, yeah. A curious little... Yeah. Curious duo. A curious duo. Yeah. Of a little Starbots. slice of life robot. Yeah. Robot pals. The other one, Starbugs. Aww. Um, I think that is either about bugs from space or little tiny bugs that try to go take Hollywood by storm. Oh. Yeah. I like that. I like that twist. You know, I was mm-hmm. really looking for science fiction. For I mean, it could be bu- they could be bugs that are trying to take Hollywood by storm, and then they go on, they stumble onto a little set, Blue Harvest. They're on the set of Return of the Jedi. Uh-oh. Or maybe. Yeah. Or maybe they're bugs trying to take over New Hollywood. Ooh. Which is on, which is a planet. New, New Hollywood? Hollywood? The planet. It, you mean New Planet Hollywood? New, yeah. And there's <laughs> like, its moon has the words New Hollywood written on uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's memorabilia from ever, every movie ever made. Yeah. On New Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. And the bugs have to infest the planet's core to kill everyone. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and start up a gun- GoFundMe to mm-hmm. uh, yep. get Starbucks filmed. Yep, Starbucks. Starbucks is the return to Planet Hollywood 2. I guess is it Patreon that you do for creative uh, GoFundMe? We could do, for- 
Yeah, dirty. GoFundMe's like if, <laughs> if like, Please when when someone like loses a spouse in the filming of Starbucks, then we start a GoFundMe. <laughs> then we start a GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll do a Kickstarter for for the initial funding of of Starbucks. To pay for all the little bug coffins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we'll bugs uh, will be hurt in the yeah, making yeah, of this film. Bugs, S- sad. Well, they'll be computer generated bugs, oh, so okay. they won't be. Yeah, that's we're not gonna safe. use real bugs. That's that's cr- I don't want to get creeps. I don't want to get nah. What are we, the 1950s, like, lizard movie or something? Uh, Yeah, (laughs) We're not going to hurt a real animal. Anyway, Star Crash. Yeah, Star Crash. Speaking of bugs, there are no bugs in this movie. Mm -hmm. No. There are a lot of uh, scantily clad women. Yeah, true. Uh Um, There are a lot of robots. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. There, it's... You know, I don't want to talk too much about the movie yet, but I liked this movie. Yeah, Spoiler. You had fun? Yeah, I had fun. It was a romp. You went on this romp with them? Yeah, it was a fun romp. But let's talk about the episode first, shall we? Shall we? Okay, so Star Crash. Uh, it opens up. Um, Jonah and the bots are playing Spin the Bottle. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Which I, you, I'm wondering at what point in our space journey uh, a being gets bored enough in space to play spin the bottle because that has not happened that did not happen to seth or i mm-hmm. and that has not happened with you or i well we don't have any bottles right but i mean you can spin well, no, anything i guess you have your plastic water yeah bottles. i got i got a bunch of bottles and so plus you can spin anything you can play spin the wrench you know as long as there's like a uh thing that can spin and a, a front and a back now keep in mind you've only ever really well i guess you, you've told me a little bit about Nolbot, but most mm-hmm. of the time in the bottle is not very good with only two players. You need at least that's three. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fair. And, yeah, no one wants to, like, kiss the screen that Dr. Odd's on. True. Yeah. That's that's sort of just, like, because he's kind of the constant player three. Okay, I'm spinning a wrench. Here we go. Okay. Oh, oh, and it's pointing at the bathroom. Oh, okay. So go ahead. No, you spun the wrench. What? That's yeah. not how it works. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I had a childhood. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to this. I was popular. I I know how spin the bottle works. I I played it all the time. Um, so yeah, Jonah and the bots are playing spin the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, crow, crow quits. yeah, crow. Uh, crow like, rage quits a lot during the episode. Not yeah. just during the skit, like during mm-hmm. the whole movie. He's, yeah, he's like, I'm done with this movie. I'm done. Yeah, well, Tom, Tom Ra- does yeah, too, Tom rage quits uh, during the movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, when they killed the giant uh, nude robot. Right. Uh, but. Like, uh, so yeah, Crow spins and it lands on Tom. Um, and then, uh, he doesn't want to, like you said, he rage quits. And then Gypsy doesn't want to kiss Tom. And then, well, Gypsy warns that he would probably, she would probably swallow Tom. That's true. A valid point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she does have a big mouth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then, like, no one really wants to kiss Tom, but then Jonah's he's like, hey, come on, do it. And Jonah's like, oh, okay, you're just a robot. But then he gets sucked up by the tube. I think this is the very beginning of a possible romance arc happening. Mm-hmm. Could be. Mm-hmm. Could be. Um, and uh, so then Jonah gets sucked up by the tube and has to do the intro again. Right, right. Um, which, by the way, there's a, uh, I don't remember between which segments, but they do have little informational uh, slides about different aspects of the of the show, and one of them on this episode was the tube, mm-hmm. and it, it talks about the tube and how yeah. it sucks up Jonah, makes him go to the intro. Yeah, nice. I appreciated how it was just called the tube. The tube. <laughs> it's like Don't it's need like to get any more complex than that. Yeah, well, either either they were like, this will be really funny because we do like complicated space stuff for every other naming thing, so we just call this the tube. It'll be funny, mm-hmm. or they're like. Man, we're tired and we need a name for this thing. <laughs> Let's call it the tube. Yeah. 
So after the introduction, um, the uh, uh, the son of TV's Frank asked Kinga to play spin the bottle with him, which again, like you noted, not real fun with only two people, mm-hmm. and also it's kind of uh, reiterating on the the semi character arc of TV's son of TV's Frank being in love with Kinga Forrester mm-hmm. and um, Kinga not wanting it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's a non-reciprocal love. Um, But then they go to the invention exchange. Um, It's TV's son of TV's Frank is dressed up in a stereotypical uh, Mexican bandito costume. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of being covered with bandoliers of bullets, um, he's covered with bandoliers of condiments. um, And he's holding a sombrero full of salsa. How joyful. And he is the band Eat-O. Get it? Yeah, no, I, I do. <laughs> Get it? I do. Yeah. Uh, so he's, uh, yeah, um, that's kind of the whole shtick is it's a play on words. And then he spills salts all over the floor out of the sombrero. It really was filled with salsa. I thought it was just a joke. I thought he was just holding the sombrero and said it was filled with salsa, but then he spills it all over. That uh, that just seems very par for the course. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, pretty much what you expect yep. out of an intention they, exchange. They do a... Uh, uh, what about Dr. Odd does it have us do an intention exchange? I, I don't know. I think it might be too close to, like, the... Uh, we should ask him next next time. Yeah, that'd be interesting yeah, to find let's, out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to rip off too much of MST3K, but this is an homage show, so we could do an, we could do an invention exchange. I've got a couple ideas. Any ripping off that's happening is not voluntary, so I don't that's feel true. bad. That's true. Yeah, it is, we are trapped up here in space, mm-hmm. so... Um, yeah, uh... The, uh, they'd make a uh, Blazing Saddles joke, too, uh, when she asks, where's the horseradish? And he says, horseradish? We don't need no stinking horseradish. <laughs> like the, the Badgers joke from Blazing Saddles. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie. It has been a really long time since I've seen that movie. But I do remember that line because that's the one line everyone knows from that movie. So um, Jonah, his uh, invention exchange, um, it's a BB Servo, which is just a... <laughs> he just takes, like, the bottom part of Servo's hover skirt and puts a BB-88... Again. Ball. Another uh, another toy that yep. I would buy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, our lovable robot. Yeah, I would. Friends. I would totally buy. I mean, obviously Disney Is it would. Presumptuous to call them our lovable robot friends. Um, they'd probably be like, I don't know you. Yeah, I don't know you. I don't. I don't know I mean, you. I you know you're a robot fan maybe, but yeah, you're not, not our robot friends. friends. Yeah, sorry. So over. It is. It is in the credits though so it does like it's in the it uh, rolls the, off the tongue yeah it's in the theme song way. because you're so used to hearing the help of his robot friends mm-hmm. so you're like well they're my robot friends too um i i can i consider them my friends i consider jonah my friend even though i've never met him and he'd probably hate me if he ever <laughs> met me in real life but hey, uh hey, hey hey don't put that just on jonah that's true <laughs> yeah that's no that's on me it's yeah. yeah it doesn't have anything to do with him i'm sure he's a perfectly reasonable person mm-hmm. As, as you've noted over the course of us doing this show, there are a lot of reasons that a normal person would not like me. What are you saying? I stopped paying attention. Oh, sorry. Um, so, uh, yeah, they, uh, the, I, I feel like they are working toward some bigger plot with this season. Um, and I, I know that a lot of our listeners have probably watched the entire uh, season 11 at this point. Mm-hmm. Um for the sake of this show, uh, I have not, and you haven't either, right? No, I haven't. Yeah, so we we have not seen, this is the latest into the season 11 that we have, yeah. have watched. Yeah, and there are a lot of references to, like, Coachella and stuff like yeah. that that yeah. just, like, 
seemed really dated, and I was like, oh, yeah, we're really behind. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel like they're building to something bigger. Before they uh, send them the movie, the uh, the King of Chrome, uh, which is the like the weird liquid viewing stuff, like it turns off. And so they're just in the dark for like, I don't know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds of the skit. Mm-hmm. And I don't – there was no like comedic reason for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just like a malfunction that happened, and so I feel like that's going to be part of a, a bigger overall so do plot. You think there's going to be some kind of payoff. I do, I, and there's also there's a, another. I, f- I think it was either in the the Reptilicus episode or the Avalanche episode. Maybe it was in Cry Wilderness, but the the character that's voiced by Joel, the guy who pulls the lever uh, for the uh, to send them the the liquid movie, mm-hmm. um, he mentioned something about there being like weird noises or something coming from from down where they are where they're sending the movies i think that sounds fun yeah so i think they may be working towards something else but i i'm not sure um so the second segment um the uh crow um and this is kind of what we were referencing with our opening uh skit was the he writes uh, World War Space, which yeah, is... Yeah, but heavily based on Candyland. Yes. Well, all of the character names are from Candyland. Yeah. Um, it just it just essentially, like, uh, he's taken all the characters from Candyland and made the most uh, generic space cereal, uh, not, like, breakfast cereal, but cereal with an S, uh, that, that he could. It, you know, common to a lot of the sci-fi series and movies of the 70s and I 80s. mean, he had good graphic design. He had yep. some marketing schemes ready. Mm-hmm. I mean... The, the, the ultimate weapon was the Swiss Army planet. Mm-hmm. That was fun when all the little weapons yeah. popped out. <laughs> yeah, it scared everybody. That was yeah. cute. That was really cute. Um, yeah, and uh, so that, that was just a kind of fun, neat segment. Uh, segment three, Jonas playing Acton. Uh, from the movie, the the kind of like perm haired. When he was off screen, yeah. the fr- I turned to you and I immediately said, "Jonah's gonna show up with a perm." Yep. And you mm-hmm. said, "What?" And then he showed up on uh, screen, yeah. and I said, "Jonah's gonna show up with a perm." And then you were like, "Yeah, he's already on screen." <laughs> and I was like, "No, I said it before I, it happened." No, I, I then I replayed that conversation. It's like, "Oh yeah, you called that." Yes. Yeah, you totally called it. He's gonna show Thank up. You. Show up with the perm. I'm preening. Yeah, he's. I've a- actually been trying to make a perm with uh, wrapping my hair around my finger. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. How's it going? Well, you can see for yourself. So not Weldon. Weldon? Not Weldon? Not Weldon. I'm sorry. I, I didn't... Un- could you repeat yourself? Because I didn't understand what you are saying. Not Weldon. Oh. Your perm is... It's not... That was a second chance to not... Oh, up. no. I thought you just genuinely didn't hear me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, and man, this is exactly why Jonah wouldn't like me, huh? This is exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. This is the concern. Yeah, so uh, Joan is playing Acton from the movie. Um, the the bots pretend to be starstruck, um, and uh, they ask. I really liked the part where where uh, they're like, uh, "Crow's like, can I take a picture?" and and, and uh, Jonas slash Acton is like, "Yeah, yeah, it'll be five bucks." And he starts taking the picture, and Crow's like, "Well, I don't have any money." <laughs> like <laughs> they're in the middle of the photo. <laughs> that that part really really tickled me because I've been in that position. Before. Oh no. Well, like. On Earth, yes. I wasn't from a city. Mm-hmm. I was from a very small Midwestern town. And uh, I went to Chicago Ooh. for the first time when I was in middle school. Nice. And, well, maybe a little older. I don't recall. The Windy Probably City. Probably high school. The Windy City. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're all the street performers. You know, people who look like statues and things like yep, this. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, being naive and unfamiliar with cities, 
all these people are just here for my enjoyment. And they just <laughs> they just want to bring joy into my heart. Yeah, so, just like a big circus. So I'm so happy for this big free circus. <laughs> They're paid by the by the city of Chicago just taking, to be out there. Taking all these pictures. And uh, probably taken quite a few before mm-hmm. I started to get some nasty looks from some uh, oh, no. copper statues and an angel on a skateboard. <laughs> and uh, That's the worst thing to get an angry look from. It is. It was a little terrifying. <laughs> and then gradually was in, like realizing that something was wrong and then was informed by my peers that you're supposed to be paying for them. <laughs> well, you sounds like you you got away scot-free yeah. with those pictures of the statues and the angel on the skateboard. I showed those people who yeah. just trying to make a living. <laughs> you you got them real good. Got them r- real good. Yeah. I, I still don't feel good about uh, Well, if you ever get back to Earth uh, and we have any money from anything that the doctor we never talked about that are we gonna hang out or are we gonna like you know like if we pass each other in like a city like we just pretend we didn't make eye contact uh i i think what would happen is you would go back to earth and have like a lot of friends and be famous oh yeah yeah Yeah. lots of friends and uh or friends i'm all like quit calling me (laughs) my phone blowing up beep 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 beep. yeah and i would go back and i would just kind of be hanging out and then i would like see you and you'd be with your friends yeah covered in friends and i'd be like hey hey what's up and then then you'd avoid eye contact Mm -hmm. and that was probably how it happened yeah i mean probably but just in case we should maybe hang out all right sure yeah all right you know, maybe I can sleep in your hallway sometimes. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, that's assuming I'll have a hallway. Like, let's fair point. Yeah, let's start. Let's uh, start small. Yeah, start small. Like maybe a a place to sleep. Yeah. 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 Doctor Odd has emptied all of our bank accounts, which mine was not that small to begin with. So, uh, yeah, I I'm guessing. What have we been up here? Well, at least I've been up here for. Six years. I don't know what Doctor Rod did with my money. Yeah. Well, maybe you still. We don't have talk some. about my doctor very often. We no. mostly talk about your doctor. Well, he's our doctor now. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he's our doctor. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's our doctor. All right. Anyway. But uh, yeah, Acton, uh, uh, Jonah as Acton, mm-hmm. uh, the bots keep asking him how his powers work, and then he so tearfully admits that he doesn't know how his powers work. And that honesty is the power that he's never. Mm-hmm. But then he conquers it right in front of them. He does. But they're nonplussed. No, they're they, disappointed. Yeah, they're they're they've met their hero and they're disappointed, and uh, and that's the end of the segment. They spit on his laundry ticket. They do this. They uh, yeah. He earlier. I don't even he, know if they have spit. Uh, well, they they maybe make some sort of like oil, like some clear fluid. oil. Yeah, yeah, some waste fluid, some condensation. I bet they have to make some sort of like they're like air conditioners where they have like a like a condensation. Yeah, thing. like I mean, Data has, you know. Yeah. If you prick me, do I not leak? Yeah, there's some Star Trek nerds out there that are laughing. Nice. Laughing. Let me join I, in. <laughs> I did not know that Data had some sort of fluid. That's a quote that he says. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I believe you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, segment on. four. Um, Joan is giving. Uh, he's putting uh, like googly eyes on Tom Servo, which is fun. It was fun. Great idea. Yeah. Although um, he, he takes a long time and he very carefully puts them on, and they are not even close mm-hmm. to the level. No, they're they're. Which was fun. I enjoyed. That. I think that's kind of how googly eyes have to be, though. Yeah, if they're on level, it's kind of you know uncanny valley. Yeah, yeah. Too like, much like mm. a real eye. You're like, whoa, those are <laughs> whoa. are those, those real are, eyes? <laughs> are those real eyes? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe they're googly eyes. I don't know. <laughs> like what? What's going on here? So uh, 
the uh, uh, Kinga and TV son of TV's Frank are visited by Frank Masterstroke. Um, he's a venture capitalist. He's a space venture capitalist. The way you said um, it, it made it sound like you're going to say they were visited by like the ghost. But <laughs> they're visited by Santa's. No, they're visited by Seinfeld. They're, for some yeah, reason. yeah. It's uh, Frank Masterstroke, played by Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and Is he they're a fan of the show. I think that uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Joel are friends. Okay. I think they're there. I know that Joel has been on Jerry Seinfeld's show, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, which is also now on Netflix. So if you haven't seen the uh, the Joel episode of, of that show from several years ago, uh, it's it's worth checking out. They're, uh, I think they're old comedy, stand-up comedy friends from back when Joel used to do stand-up comedy. They have similar eyebrows. Oh, I did not notice, but I believe you. Um, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is wearing a uh, like pencil thin fake mustache, <laughs> and uh, the uh, Kinga and uh, TV son of TV's Frank keep pitching ideas to him, um, and they call him Frank Masterstroke uh, because he's uh, he's always at a freak. Did freak I say freak? Yeah. yeah. I was, did I call him Frank Masterstroke? It's freak Masterstroke is the name of the character. Please don't write in. I'm so sorry, everybody. Well, no, I, we'd appreciate any sort of yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so uh, Freak Masterstroke. They call him that because he's always adding a freak Masterstroke to everyone's idea. Uh, my favorite um, line from this sketch is... Uh, Kinga says, oh, oh, hello, uh, Mr. Masterstroke, or, or may I call you Freak? And he's like, no, call me Mr. Masterstroke. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that was just, uh, that tickled me. That was funny. You did yeah, giggle. I did, I did giggle quite a bit. Um, yeah. It sounded and, like you'd been given a piece of penny candy. Yeah, I was like, hee, 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 oh. You were like, oh. Yeah, and I, I was looking for my nickel to go see the moving picture. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. the moving picture show. Yep. Um, uh, the final segment, um, I think this is probably my favorite segment of the uh, of the the whole show, um, or at least of this episode. Uh, Jonah is dressed up as the evil count from the movie, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the so there's a scene near the end of the movie where the emperor of space <laughs> is uh, attacking the evil count's base that's a giant oh, hand yes. yeah. um, by shooting torpedoes at it, but instead of like explosives, the torpedoes are just filled full with of people? two guys each. And, and I don't understand. So like they crash through the window, but nobody got sucked into space. Right. And you you would think that maybe if they just used, uh, you know, explosives. Like an actual torpedo. Yeah. That would have been a lot. It would have just, you know, blown up the... But anyway, we'll talk about the movie in a little bit. But so uh, Tom and Crow are uh, pretending to be the, uh, the, soldiers. the soldiers in these torpedoes, and Joan is dressed up as the, the evil count. And uh, every time their torpedo uh, like pops on screen, they they misquote a movie, like mm-hmm. another action movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it's pretty good. It's it's one of those hectic like Trumpy, you can do stupid things skits. Oh, that, it's very fun. Yeah, and I mean, and like the I remember the. The, the the something about the movement of the torpedo just sort of skidding into place. Yep, yep. It's like in the movie, but also in the skit. It's just so dumb that it just makes you laugh. <laughs> like yep. you can't help it. It's like it's like the instinctual urge to laugh at a f- fart joke. Yeah, it's like yeah. that level. It like it it taps into something primal. The, the lowest common denominator because it, it's like. They're not obeying the laws of physics at all, no. like in any way. It's and, just so stupid looking. And because they've got like 
the the robot puppets in them. They're mm-hmm. also like the robot puppets are like kind of jerking around. Everything in a weird about way. it is just moving in a unnatural manner that is delightful. Yes, uh, it it is a very I agree. delightful that was a good skip. skip. So uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about this episode. Do you have any things you noticed and felt the desire to comment on? Oh, no shortage there. Okay, well, hit me with some. Um, at the beginning, I was wondering if they had started adding the soundtrack and then realized that they needed to do editing <laughs> because there would be moments where like the music would cut out abruptly when it went to another shot and they're like would jump to another music and then it would go back to the original music when it went back to the shot. <laughs> it was like they put the music on with all the scenes and then they're like, oh, these scenes oh, are Oh, no, order. we need to we need to <laughs> mix these up. Right. Is the sound already synced? Yeah. Well, okay, that's fine. We, we got to go with it. Just, yep. just roll with it. Did you notice that? I did not, but now that you're mentioning it, I can like I can kind of remember that happening a couple times. I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> it's, it's like they, they took the idea of uh, a leitmotif and mm-hmm. uh, just just did it bad did it real bad um another thing that i have to say is just the name stella star i can't mm-hmm. i can't get behind it i won't get behind you it. won't get behind stella star her name's star star okay yeah but in like italian star and star english star star yeah yeah no will not just add a third name on it maybe something like uh binks then we got star <laughs> star, star, star binks, binks. <laughs> yeah <laughs> star Star Bikini. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Star Star Bikini. Big Skinny. Mm-hmm. It works. Don't worry it about does, it, guys. It does, yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about the fact that he has golems. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That, yep. That's just something that I found <laughs> fascinating. Well, yeah, I don't know. Not robots. Yeah. They look like robots. They looked a lot like battle droids, they but did. worse. Yeah, they look like like bad B A D old droids. Yeah. Bad old Bad old droids. droids. Yeah. Um and then another thing that I just had to say was there a point at which they they in the movie they talk about videotapes. Yep. Yep. Uh-huh. So I guess in the future everything's still on still cassette. Still on videotape. Yep. Yeah, because they have videotaped evidence of uh, uh Star Star um doing crimes. Okay. So yeah, the the Last golem thing. I I want to oh, I want to yes. touch on that real quick because mm-hmm. uh, like I feel like the difference between a robot and golem was the uh, oh that they the obedientness oh. and oh. kind of the like the mystical part of it maybe because like in fantasy like a golem is like a clay creature that has like words of well, power like put an, in its, it's mouth. It's like a to, possessed like. It's like a guardian yeah. possessing some sort of physical form. Yeah, so like a, yeah. It could be rock or clay or, you know, no, I think metal's fine. bike chains. I just don't know why there wasn't... I mean, I. it was the first introduction of, like, magical elements right. in the movie. Yeah. And it just felt so out of place and, like, I had shifted into the wrong movie. I said this during the, the when we were watching the film, but it feels like this movie was uh, somebody watching... And somebody had watched Star Wars, and then the same week they'd read Dune, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, you know what? I could do this. I got this. <laughs> I could do this. Frank Herbert, you're I, a nobody. I have several overlapping ideas. You got you got nothing on me. Yeah. I've got... Call me George Herbert, because uh, I'm going to write Star Crash. And then the last thing that I just desperately needed to comment on was the redneck robot. Oh, yeah. I didn't notice his accent until... Uh, he wasn't on, like, because he was chasing them. Yeah, his for... accent got worse as the movie went on. Yeah, 
and he started using kind of like redneck idioms. Mm-hmm. And something that's fascinating, I don't know if this is accurate, because I would not be surprised if the, if the information that's available about this movie on the internet is incorrect. But both the actor who was in the L suit and the uh, uh, the voice of the L suit, because you know they need to be two different ones, because you want that perfect right, yeah, just like you know James Earl L. Jones and uh, uh, what's his face who played Darth Vader. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly, because you know the, this is the cinematic masterpiece on the same level, and you have to have have to have everything synced just right. Oh, absolutely. Um, according to IMDb, both. The voice actor and the actor from England. From England? Yeah, from London. Oh, from London. Okay. All right. So. Hmm. So they just, they're like, all right, do a redneck accent, London guy. I'm kind of wondering if maybe they told a Londoner to do an American accent to match the other actors. And then they're like, Mm. this is it, right? I sound just like you Americans. I am wondering, because this is a. uh, I'm just another American. This is a film that was dubbed from, uh, I think it was originally in Italian, um, and it was dubbed with English. I'm wondering if they had the English actor read in his, his native accent, and they're, they're, I, this, is, um, this is assuming that they had any sort of screenings <laughs> for this movie, but during a screening for the movie, someone was like, Hey, yo, you realize this is just like a bad C-3PO, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> get get over here, Stella Star. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. that's why they couldn't have it be British is because they would have been, you know, I mean, not as though it wasn't already too close. Oh, I mean, the the establishing shot of the movie is essentially the first shot of Star oh, Wars yeah. A New Hope. Oh, yeah, but I'm just yeah. saying for some reason that was the line. Yeah, yeah, I, like, I, that's a, it's a speculation. Like, we have know. integrity. Our yeah. robot has a different accent. Our robot has a different accent. I, I do have a little bit of nugget of something really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Acton, who's played by Marjo Gortner, mm-hmm. sure. um, uh, was originally, as four years old, the world's youngest ordained minister. Okay. Um, and he, uh, <laughs> but why? He was, he was, <laughs> Is that his idea or no, he someone else's? He was else's? the son of an evangelist, televangelist. Oh, okay. And uh, he actually moved away from that life and said that it was all fraud and stuff when he got older, which huh. is kind of an interesting person. You know? Yeah, that is, that is interesting. Weird. I mean, does little to make up for this movie, but yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that that just you know anyone out there sounds like an exciting person though. You have to ordain your child as a minister, three or younger, if you want that record. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the takeaway from from that. Um, two things. Uh, first of all, David Prose played Darth Vader. I just remembered that. Yeah, um, I actually saw David. Like, I was like ten feet away from David Prose. Did you once. take a picture of him without paying for it? Shush! <laughs> no, I didn't. Well, tell us this. Tell me the story. And and by me, I mean us, the listeners, uh, of when you were ten feet away from David Prose. Oh, was it a convention? Yeah, was it in Chicago? No, it was in Denver. Oh. Also, this is the same convention that I uh, met Jonathan Frakes at. Oh, uh, uh, Riker. Will Riker, yeah. Because, like, John Luke Picard. No, Have I told my not... Jonathan Frakes story on here yet? I don't think you've told your Jonathan Frakes story. Okay, so I'm, like, the universe's biggest Star Trek fan. You can write mm-hmm. in at me angry that I'm not or that you are or whatever. I don't care. I am. <laughs> I have Star Trek tattoos. Do not care. That's true. Um, And uh, here, look at it. Look at it. Mm-hmm. Look at it. Look I'm at it. it. I see it. Yes. So. Anyway, I love Star Trek, and there was this uh, con happening in Denver, and Jonathan Frakes was going to be there. I was losing my mind. 
I waited in two hours in line, and, like, everyone else was complaining about, oh, I've been waiting in line for so long. Like, I was like, I would wait for three years in line to see Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> like, I would literally quit my job. I would... I'm going to I'm going to Jonathan Frakes' line. I would, like, after the apocalypse, like, wait out in the, the, mm-hmm. the radiated sunbeams yep. uh, until I was a skeleton. Frakes, and so then your your camera breaks right as you're like up at the front of the line. You're like, it was it was finally time now. Thank you for that very sad yeah. Twilight Zone <laughs> yeah. uh, reference. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the two hours felt like the mere blinking of an eyeball. Uh, and uh, then I got to the front of the line and there he was just standing there. It was, it was a photo shoot thing, so you mm-hmm. got to take a picture with him. And uh, I I saw him and I like literally so Star Trek that I just starstruck that I just uh, Star Trek <laughs> starstruck that I just froze and so he had this PR lady up there and she's like come on she pushed me and it's like something straight out of the Christmas story <laughs> where the elf pushes the, the <laughs> into Santa's lap yeah. like it was what do you want kid a football <laughs> <was> that moment <laughs> exactly and so they pushed me into Jonathan Frakes Jonathan Frakes is in the middle of saying are you okay <laughs> they take they take the picture. Uh, the PR lady comes and grabs me like, again, like the elf from a Christmas story. <laughs> and like Jonathan Frakes sort of like reaches out his arm and he's like, Are you okay, honey? Aww. And I remember just being like, The PR lady pushes you down the slide. The Jonathan Frakes slide. Pretty much. I'm sure you just thought I was a freak, but I was just a Jonathan Freaks. Get it? Yeah, it's your, that's your fan club. You keep asking me to join. I know. Please join, Can you join Jonathan, the Jonathan Freaks. Freaks? Anyway, even uh, though it was humiliating, it's still a great moment in my life. It's a fun story. So I yeah. came into contact with greatness. Mm-hmm. That's, again, probably what happened if I ever met Jonah. Except oh, yeah. instead of, are you okay, honey? He'd be, please go away. He'd be like <laughs> calling the police. Yes. Siri, <laughs> uh, please Wait. dial 911. <laughs> people do that i don't know maybe i mean <laughs> that's so chill yeah like, like hey siri you like wait for it to hear you and then you're like call 911 and it's like ordering hot cross buns yeah. and then you're like no <laughs> like, no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> call 911 uh <laughs> playing on the run by holland oats <laughs> oh it's uh, delightful um the only thing i noticed and felt the desire to comment on that had not been covered by your things you noticed and felt the desire to comment on was that uh more so than any of the other episodes in the season, I feel like there was a lot of uh, Tom and Crow moving around jokes. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, uh, there was the They'd one with the sled. They've been teasing us with more of it in previous yeah. episodes, mm-hmm. but there, it was all over the place. They were sledding on the snow planet. I think my favorite one was when uh, Crow pretended to be in, in the, the elevator. elevator with, yeah, with I the I wrote guy. that down as one of my top riffs. Okay, cool. I really like yeah. that one. Um, speaking of, let's uh, let's talk about our top riffs. Oh, gosh. Give me, give me, hit me with some. Uh, this one didn't make me laugh so much as it made me, like, smirk and, like, knowledgeable <laughs> agreement. Okay. All <laughs> That's right. That's a good description. Um, well, during the skit, well, I guess it's not a riff, but during the skit, uh, when uh, Crow is talking about his star brand. Yes. Um, uh, he says that I have to use the Candyland characters because, uh, like, these pre-existent characters. Uh, brand awareness will help yeah, create yeah. automatic nostalgia and like the soullessness <laughs> of that made me think of how I feel about the new Star Trek movies. Okay. All right. Um, well, and there's also a little tongue in cheekness of, of, like, Oh, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The meta of what they're of, of crow, the, the recreated robot. I didn't uh, think from about our that. Nostalgic past is telling us about, yeah. that is funny. I didn't think about yeah. that. 
I didn't think about that either until you just brought that up, and I was like, oh, it's a little bit of a touch of irony there. It is very good. The uh, the riff that I laughed the hardest at okay. was uh, the first scene that we see of Stola Star mm-hmm. in a spacesuit. It's got a really goofy <laughs> helmet, yeah. and they riff. She's got her head in the butt part again. <laughs> and, like, I don't know why. Like, even just thinking about that riff, I, it's such a simple riff, but it puts a big, fat smile on my face. Because well, she's in a she's in a space helmet that just looks weird. There's no reason for the, like, but like dent. Right. It, it, well, and there's, there's, it never makes an appearance anywhere any other no. time she has to wear well, another space helmet. Well, every time she helmet. has to wear a spacesuit, it's a different spacesuit. That's true, yeah. She does have a, apparently, like, a giant a closet of, yeah. Of she's a walking closet of, of space, space suits. suits. Yeah, uh, and and also BDSM leather attire too. You mean her casual yeah, Fridays? Yeah, her casual Fridays uh, and mining outfits. Sorry, I just can't get over the butt part. It just tickles me. Yeah, like I can't it's even good. like think about other things. It's well, and and also imagining her so confused with how to put on a spacesuit that she, <laughs> she's like, yeah, and and she's smelling Actune's butt. <laughs> Actune. I like yeah. how you call him something different every time. Actin. Uh, yeah, it's Actin. But Actin. Uh, no, no, no. Actin. Keep it up. Actron. 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 Action. Okay. Yeah. What What was your favorite riff? Um. So I have I have one that made me laugh, and then one that was just my I think is a solid. Series of jokes. Okay, well, the one that made me laugh was near the very beginning. Um, this is the first time that they go through hyperspace, mm-hmm. and uh, Jonah goes, "Wow, when these special effects are done, I bet it'll look really cool." <laughs> yeah, I like that. one. Yeah, too. that was uh, that one tickled me. The my favorite uh, joke in the movie was the uh, um, "Strangers UFO" song. So oh they, yeah, they, there's a that was a fun new direction, a bold new direction. Yeah, uh, where Star Star is. Uh, Escaping from the prison forced labor planet where she's been sentenced to a uh, lifetime of forced labor for uh, videotape smuggling hey, crime. Hey, she got a lifetime. The other guy got 122 years. I yeah, but he's like immortal, right? I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so she's escaping and there's a strange ship that comes down and Jonah and the bot starts singing like a Beach Boys style surf rock song about getting in a stranger's UFO. It and was like, very fun. All the lyrics are on point and they reference like so other, many sci-fi. Yeah, other sci-fi things. There and, was uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, Firefly, Dune. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. Can you think <laughs> of other ones that you noticed? Battlestar Galactica yes, was that? Uh, yeah. Did you say Firefly already? Yes. Yeah, okay. Firefly. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like everything. And it's... It's very rare on a uh, like a a series like MST3K um, or even MST3K in the past. Like they've had good songs, but none I've been like, okay, I want to listen to that again. Yeah, and I feel yeah. like that's happened twice in this season. The yeah. first one was with the they're very uh, musical. Every country has a monster song, and that was from a sketch. So that was and that uh, was highly divisive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Seth did not like it. I liked it, um, and I stand by it. Um, and and then this song, I would I would totally look this up and just like jam out to it because it's it's catchy and it's fun and it's silly. You know what, Jonah would be good in like a new version of Reading Rainbow. Sorry, oh, we're just talking about like him singing and I was just thinking about the cadence of his voice. Yeah, I'd be very relaxed listening to Jonah read books. Yeah, I think he would do great, and he's got kind of like a, he's got that same sense of like 
childhood wonder that LeVar Burton yeah. was able to capture while yeah. also still being like an adult Yeah, figure. and not being like annoying. Yeah. It's not annoying. Yeah. Like our voice. Yes, yeah. Not like us. We'd be terrible. We'd be like, mm, don't take my word for it. We'd be like, red uh, fish, blue fish, am I right? Yeah, uh, go, <laughs> dog, go. Where's <laughs> it going? Out the door? <laughs> Zoinks, <scared. laughs> no. uh, Yeah. Let's talk about this film. Tell me some stuff about this film. I've already spoiled most of the stuff I was going to say. Okay. Um, the tagline that I can find here is, uh, from a vast and distant galaxy, dot, 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 a space adventure for all time. Hmm. It's uh, really vague about it. I think they were hoping that they'd have some more staying power. I don't think they'd written the movie by the time they, <laughs> they came up with the tagline. It. Yeah, so they're like, like yeah, just keep it vague. We can fit anything in here. Don't worry. <laughs> um... It's for all time. I don't know. It could be another one with Santa in it. I don't know. <laughs> for the, the goofs that are mentioned on here, someone pointed out that... <laughs> I know. like You know, with movies like this, there's almost no point in listing one goof if right. you don't list them all. It's but better, they better to list the things that went right. The, right, yeah. But they only did list one goof. They said that Stella's wardrobe changes many times during a single scene throughout the film. Yeah, and you actually like, pointed this out. Yeah. Like, there was, there was a, a point on the spaceship. Every time they'd go through hyperspace, she would get more nude... She would be missing the the various straps and stockings that she was wearing before. It's just like a slow striptease. Yeah. Oh, something that I did want to point out that we were watching the movie with captions. Yes. Uh, or the episode with captions. Mm-hmm. And they captioned the robot character as being L-E-L-L-E. Yes, like isn't there and, a, a magazine? Yeah, and okay. I was laughing because, you know, it's this redneck robot. And I was like, it's a robot, so... The name of the character is probably the letter L because they often do that with right. robots. Letters like and BB numbers. Like BB-88 or R2-D2 or C-3PO. It precisely. But yeah. on IMDb, it is credited as E-L-L-E also. Hmm. Uh, and I, again, I don't know if that was an oversight. Um, but maybe the character really was just like, I don't know, L Magazine. Yeah, it could be. But redneck robot. Redneck robot. Ew. Redneck redneck robot well, man. And see, I guess that goes to show like who at one point says that he's a chauvinistic robot. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Yes. Uh. No. Chivalristic. I think. No. He did he say said, chauvinistic. Yeah, he yeah, said. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm just gonna be a chauvinistic robot. Yeah, yep. Named L. Named L. Yeah. And it goes to show you you don't have to live up to your name. I you know, know it's like a boy named Sue, but it's a it, robot that's named exactly L. Exactly, I was gonna say it's a, and this is a story about a robot named L. There you Chauvinistic go. as heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Still um, get safe. Man, okay, so let's talk about this movie a little bit. Yeah. This movie was a combination of both like the most boring movie and also completely buck wild. Well, it was funny because they, you know, they mentioned that at one point. They're like, I'd never thought I'd be bored watching, you know, a robot shoot lasers at cavemen. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you but know, here it's we true. are. It's, but then there's, there's some also kind of magic to that. Did okay? Was it established that Acton had? Uh, superpowers before he just like used them. I didn't understand that he was supposed to be an alien. At I all. didn't either. Um, like it was never. Can like, we? Ah, man. Well, and can we? Can I find out like why he died? But did he die? But like, why did he even pretend to sort of die? I don't know. He's why fulfilling was his, his destiny? destiny. He was just like laying there, and like like the. People who showed up to save them, like, showed up, and they're like, oh, no, dude, don't worry. I can stop time. Yeah, we can, we can literally stop time and carry you out of here. He's like, nah. Maybe he just was tired of hanging out with Star Star. Yeah, maybe that, like, he's one of those people who's not very good at, like, expressing how they feel. And yeah. so he has to make up an excuse, you know. You ask someone, like, 
you know, do you want to go clean out the bath chamber with me? Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's got a little mold on it. Yeah. And then in- instead of just being like, no, I don't really feel like it and kind of tired. They're like, oh, I got to reorganize my water bottle mm-hmm. connection. But yeah, you know that they you know that they've reorganized their water bottle connection like six times mm-hmm. al- collection, six yeah. times already. Well, so. in the water bottle connection, which is the song I'm writing. About. Yeah. Yeah. And they wrote their yeah. song mm-hmm. called the water bottle connection yeah. already. And mm-hmm. then you're like, OK, well, that's fine. And then you go and you like clean out the bath chamber and then you come back and they're like asleep. Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes cleaning and sorting water bottles takes a lot of energy, mental and physical. And uh, I think it's nice to have a division of labor around here. Yeah. I mean, if two it, jobs have to be done and two people did two jobs. So I think that's exactly that exactly is, you know, that's a good way to describe acting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yep. It's a stand up. Guy, but yeah, no, maybe he was just trying to ghost on uh, on all these people. Like, man, yeah, this whole thing is just. I liked it when it was just me and the lady, but now there's you know David Hasselhoff's here and his dad's here, and I don't do dads, so I'm just gonna peace out. And he's just like, I'm gonna tell him I died, and then I'm gonna go to Party Planet with, uh, I don't know, a bunch of cavemen or something. Like this, it was it was just Buck Wild how he was like, like. Uh, uh, with Thor was that like there's just a there's a guy who looked like Space Shrek who mm-hmm. they did make a, a joke oh, the, about and then a Guardians of the Galaxy joke yes yeah too. like a, a community theater production of Guardians of the Galaxy I like that yeah um, he's like trying to shut his head in a drawer and all of a sudden his eyes flash go to bed go to bed yeah <laughs> go to bed <laughs> the, his eyes like like sparkle and then he just stands up and is somehow immune to laser fire like and just reflects the laser blast back at but just took away any sort of whatever little amount of tension there was in the movie because like at any moment they could randomly decide it was like you know how it's like when you're like in third grade and Mm -hmm. you're on the playground and you're playing like rock paper scissors yeah and then all of a sudden you know you're just playing rock paper scissors and then another kid whips out like oh here's lava yeah you know Mm -hmm. and uh and then all of a sudden you're like now hang on a minute yeah or or when you're when you're playing superheroes and then uh you know people just kind of like try and like have a weapons and arms arms race of who can have like i've got ice beams like well i have anti-ice armor it's like well then i've got I've got lava spike. Well, the thing is is that it becomes quickly becomes like so meaningless because like, like there's no, there's no context. So they're just thinking, well, I'm going to come up with a better thing than you. And so like from that moment on, like there was no sort of tension for the character. Right. Because he could just spontaneously like manifest random abilities. Yeah. Well, and he's like, like he's got like a lightsaber, which you know they didn't call a lightsaber, but it's obviously it's a lightsaber. Very yeah. A lightsaber. Um, and so he's he's like, we, when he's at the end, they're fighting the he's fighting the golems, mm-hmm. and like this is a dude who literally got shot in the chest with a laser like four times and didn't even flinch, and then he gets like hit on the the side of his arm, and then all of a sudden he's down for the count, like. Uh, well, maybe that's where all his power was. Yeah, just in that, just it's in his tricep. <laughs> yeah, it's just strong, strong hand. It's a strong hand. Said the robot, the robot who also died three times. It is really like a Game of Thrones episode <laughs> where it's like, oh well, this robot's dead twice, but now it's come back twice, and also there's this other guy who got cut and now he's dead. Yeah, maybe uh, there. Maybe the Prince Oberyn Golem had put manticore blood on his its blade before it, it cut him on the arm. I think that uh, several times while I was watching this movie, I, I would kind of have, like, this alarming sensation. It's almost like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you realize that you didn't set your alarm for work. Uh-huh. 
um, and where it was this feeling where I'd suddenly realized I had no idea what was going on or why anything was happening. Scary. Uh, but then it was almost the feeling that you get when you realize that oh, tomorrow's Saturday. Because oh. My feeling would be oh, I don't care. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, no, <laughs> I don't. I don't actually care anything about what's happening. Be in like this movie. oh my gosh, what what's happening? What's, oh, oh, I, I don't, don't care. care. Really yeah, don't. there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of freedom in the fact that we could just watch this movie and enjoy it for just it was just a series of science fiction themes. Just watch scenes. the just watch the colors. Yeah. Enjoy the pretty colors. Yeah. Listen to the to the the uh, the one liners. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. snappy one liners. Yeah. Listen to the riffs. Listen to the riffs. And enjoy the colors. And and honestly, like you uh, like you said that. You know, we're talking about how it becomes a meaningless arms race, and that's kind of what the movie became. Mm-hmm. Like they're just going from super weapon to super weapon to the point where, like, the evil count's about to deploy a like a planet destroying weapon to the emperor's homeworld, but then the emperor crashes a floating city into his. Yeah, question: like, Did he evacuate the city, or did he? No, just... they did. They said they evacuated. Okay, the city. okay. it's been evacuated, and all of the uh, the nuclear. No, but no, it's totally yeah. true. Like again, going back to that playground metaphor, you know, like they show up, and they're like, "We're out of time," and yeah. everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" I can, I stop, can stop time. time. Yeah, we Come have forty nine seconds left. No, you think I showed up here without the ability to stop time? I like how it's the world's worst time ability. It's like, oh, you just only say we have forty nine seconds left. Well, guess what? We've got three, three minutes. minutes. Yeah, it's like okay, well, cool, like. Why not ten, Dad? Which, which emperor do you think was the worst actor? The, the oh, one with definitely. like the crazy, like crusty the clown hair. Yeah, definitely. Or him. like the other one is so over the top. Though. It, it, but isn't it Christopher Plummer, like famous actor Christopher Plummer? I mean, I think they interpreted their roles very differently. I think that crusty the clown villain is like this movie's going to be for like four year olds, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is this is gonna be this is a theater for kids, right? Yeah, uh, so he did like kind of like a Power Rangers sort of tier villain <laughs> where he was like, Whoa, gotcha. spookums and and then the other guy was like, This is gonna be a high art film, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think one person was more realistic. Right, right. But which one? Which one is more appropriate? For uh, for this movie, I mean, I really do think the villain is more appropriate, but it was also painful to watch. So that's <clears throat> that's true. Um, yeah, Christopher Plummer was uh, he was in um, uh, Sound of Music. I think was probably his, his most famous role, um, and uh, the man who would be king. Um, and he was in the Pink Panther. He's in uh, Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Colony, which you should know. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer to everyone: I actually am a huge fan of the Next Generation, and uh, okay. I'm not much of a fan of OS. So. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he's he's been around for a while, so uh, yeah, he's he's been in stuff. I th- I don't think you'd recognize him because from from his role in uh, Star Crash because he l- looks a lot. Yeah, I think you'd recognize him as his older self, probably. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, so um, it's time for me to do a 20 second recap. 20 second recap. All right, you got the uh, the timer already? 20 second recap. I'm going to use a sundial. Okay, well, all right. position it close to the window. Okay. I'm just going to uh, hold up this watch so you can see it and then also position a sundial and you can choose which to look at. All right. Go down. 
Um, so there's a uh, two bounty hunters, and they're flying through space, and they get captured, and then they get sent by the Emperor to rescue the Emperor's son, and there's a whole bunch of arms race, planet-destroying shenanigans that take place, and they all die at least once, and then uh, they destroy the evil Count, and uh, it's like the end of Dune, and everyone good wins. All right, 17 seconds. But yeah. I will say that uh, I wanted a little bit more in the terms of tactile adjectives. Okay. My sensory experience was limited. There, the stars crashed, and yeah. then there's a zap when there's the robot a, got shot. There's a zap. There's a zap. Yeah, there there really was a lot of uh, the – you didn't know anything about the warring governments of this space area. And again, it's a very freeing movie. Because yes, you don't, yeah don't have to care but it the, the titles and kind of the aloofness of these the, the these governments was very it seemed very dune influenced i feel like you know with the you know the baron and the duke and all of those oh, things who was like the tentacleman oh i think he was a judge <laughs> For the imperial I court, he's gonna be like an important character. Yeah, the the guy who looks like the uh, he looked like um, the the brain shaman from the Mighty Boosh. Yeah, <laughs> like the uh, Nigel, Nigel the like the brain tentacle shaman good, from. Good reference. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I thought he was gonna have some sort of meaning, but no, no, he was just the 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 judge who is uh, relaying their sentence from the the. They'd run all of the video footage again through yes, the, yes. the the law computers of the empire, and uh, and that's and he was just the guy who was tasked with telling him the bad news. You no, know, to us they were likable rogues, but we don't know the details of their crimes. They yeah. could have like murdered like a armful of kittens. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they. Yeah. I mean, I think it was. They said it was just smuggling, but who knows what they're smuggling? Maybe they're smuggling uh, kid drugs, the drugs yeah. that are just for kids. <laughs> Like, uh, oh gosh, I'm not gonna invent kid drugs. All right, let's move <laughs> on to the letters. Uh, let's uh, we gotta rate the movie first. So let's let's rate this film, um, Star Crash. Uh, you wanna go first? I'm gonna give it seven out of fifteen crashes. Okay, seven out of fifteen crashes. So a little bit less than it would be like a four point five out of ten. Uh, stars then you turn me into a 10 point all right sorry my bad um i would give this movie on its own probably a 7.5 out of 10 star stars um very generous because it was tantamount to looking up something weird on YouTube and then leaving YouTube running in the background. Yeah. Um, because nothing seemed to relate to itself other than it featured some of the same characters and uh, you could miss big swaths of it um, and it you wouldn't really have any more or less idea what was happening in it. But at the end of the day, it was still fairly interesting. Um, yeah. And you could... Uh, it, it was watchable. Like it was. It was. Yeah. Like, like there weren't any like shots that were like so dark that you couldn't see what was going right, on. Right. Like you could hear the audio. There's, um, there was always something interesting to kind of look at, and I don't mean that in like a gross way about the, the, the main the character. Boobs. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Just about it. Uh, no. I'm talking about like the the dumb special effects. There's a part where uh, 
kind of a, an homage to I feel like the the original set of MST3K. Um, I know, like it just felt like that. Sort yeah, of. where the the spaceship, the Empress spaceship, was flying past, and, yeah. and Joan and the bots are naming all the different components that it was made up of. Just like the original set of MST3K, just was a wall that had a bunch of stuff glued to it to make it look like it was you know had a texture, but it was just a bunch of household objects. I, I do that, have to say, keep please keep in mind though that uh, yeah. that this movie you know feels like the pacing and stuff like that is better because of the riffing. Yes. Like they showed a very very short clip at the end that's just of acting laughing from the movie without yeah. any riffing and it felt like longer than the entire movie. That's true. That's like, true. Without the riffing, the pacing of all those scenes where they're just staring at space. Staring at ships flying ships by. Ships are flying yeah. by would be a lot more excruciating. You're probably so. right. Well, uh, what would you rate this episode then as an MST3K episode? It was enjoyable. Yeah. But I always rate first. You rate first. Okay. I would give this one a... a I would give this one a... <laughs> an a... 8.75 out of 10. 8.75 out of 10. Oh, wow, we rated the same. Well, weird, huh? Well, it's so huh? weird. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's so, so crazy. It's I, crazy. I liked it. I thought, again, the movie itself was fun. The um, movie. The movie. The, they had several great riffs. Like, there was the... Uh, we didn't mention this in our riff segment, but the the one where they're... Um, uh, all the ships are flying out of the Emperor's ship, uh, which are never seen again um, but they're they're talking about all the toys that are coming out of this movie and they're mm-hmm. giving names to all the ships it's and very fun. Uh, it's yeah I mean there's just a lot of like you said they, they they're getting really creative they're starting yes. to push outside of the traditional mold of what the show is mm-hmm. and, and it's fun it's working yeah yeah and and then all of the uh, the robot movement um, skits or the jokes riffs as well like uh, where they're they're moving in front of the screen is uh, I think that adds to an, in, the interest of the movie as well so I liked it I liked it um, it's tough though you know because I, I do like the creativity I like the variety and but you know at the same time at the end of the day nothing gets me more than a, a fart joke still that's true so I want them yeah, to so know that despite all the hard work they're doing well maybe the they'll have shots. more more cry wilderness style fart jokes punch soon the, the best yeah all right well um let's go and read some letters from our listeners letter time if you would like to write to us our uh, we have a Facebook page it's Facebook got uh, facebook.com slash gizmonic institute radio um every time we record an episode i put out a call for people to write in uh, in the comments and they do so and so we've got a comment from our friend steve hello steve steve says uh star crash is a magnificent mess uh in its favor john barry's score and Moonro is easy on the eyes I'm going to need to look over the episode again. I do recall a lot of out of left field Deus Ex Machina being used to save our heroes, which is very true. There's, it's there's a lot of just like, uh, oh, this ha- this person happened to pop up in the right place at exactly the right time, and I must now profess everyone's ignorance. Yes, I'm not quite sure what that. Deus Ex, Ma- Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. It's a. Uh, I don't want to give an exact definition of it because I. I feel like I would probably be wrong, but it is a, a trope used in uh, in movies and film that is essentially, like I said, it's using convenience to uh, ah. like push along the plot. Okay, or so to basically say, the whole movie. Yes. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. I, I, agree, I believe Steve. so. Um, and Steve continues with, uh, I was disappointed when the villain stood with his arms out and his cloak draped and nobody made a Manos callback. Oh, that yeah. would have been a good opportunity. Yeah, that would have uh, been a very Maybe, good opportunity. You know how, like, earlier Seinfeld was talking about I- audience interactivity. 
<laughs> Maybe that was the riff they left in for you to make. Yes, yeah, it could, it could have been. <laughs> it's, oh, this is the Manos part. Um, our friend Michael writes in. Hello, Michael. Um, and Michael says, uh, my guess is when writing Star Crash, the scriptwriter watched Star Wars and said, yeah, I can rip this off. Give me 20 minutes. Then oh, he man. went into another room, smashed his head on a counter, and proceeded to write whatever <laughs> popped into his mind. That's, okay, first of all, that's a funny image. Yeah. Uh, second of all, that's almost verbatim what you said earlier. So it is you, true. Y'all on the same page. You should be best friends. Yeah, I, I, I like Jeff friends. Jeff and Michael, friends mm-hmm. forever. Um, and, oh, I also asked, uh, aside from thoughts about Star Crash, I asked people what their favorite cereal was. Um, and he says, as a kid, my favorite cereal, cereal was Fruity Pebbles. Very N- good. Now that I'm a grown-up, Honey Nut Cheerios is pretty much the sugariest cereal I'll eat. Um, and then continues, actually, if you feel like trying something interesting, to pay- interesting, take plain popcorn and pour it into a bowl with milk and some sugar. It tastes pretty good, albeit mushy. Apparently, it was a precursor to actual cereal way back in the day. I don't think I could be friends with Michael. Yeah. <laughs> That's the most buck wild insane thing good while that I have ever heard. Popcorn cereal, what are you doing? I'm not gonna do it. It is so I kinda want to though. No. I'm happy being closed minded in this regard. Like okay, so you what like what about like pop like in there like sugar bear cereals and that like essentially like puffed We're, we're not corn having we're not cereal. having this conversation. This what? conversation is over. Okay, I guess I'm on my own then. I, I think instead of having to add sugar, if you did kettle corn, maybe that would take kind of the sweetness part of it. Michael's nickname is Michael Weichel. <laughs> W-H-Y. Yeah, no, Michael I got it. Michael Weichel. Why not, why not just Weichel? Weichel, okay, yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it too hard. Uh, uh, Paul Not Paul writes in. Hello, Paul Not Paul. Um, <laughs> Paul says it certainly is a movie. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, it, it it liked to metaphor and plod through the in that typical seventies fashion. Uh, it's interesting in a weird gender flip Star Wars sort of way, but the movie is immediately forgettable. Mm-hmm. It was it was you know it was I mean obviously they were still like kind of exploity, mm-hmm. but I, yeah. I I did like the fact that there there was a a female main character even though they were obviously just trying to cash in on her for the wrong reasons. But, right. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, and who didn't constantly have to be rescued, only a few times. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Paul continues, um, I wish I had a stop time ray. What would you do with one? Mm, that's a good question. You get question. three minutes? Three minutes. Um, How often do you get to use it is the question. Yeah. Because, I mean, you could just stretch time I mean, Three minutes could out. last forever if you do it over and over again. Yeah. I would, mm, man. I mean, up here in space, it's kind of, there's not a whole lot we can do. We I could guess prank each other. Yeah, we could. Uh, yeah, that's probably pranks. Probably like, pranks. I'd wait till you warmed up your soup, and then I would put you in the stop time ray, but not the soup. And then you'd Aww. be like, you'd be like about to put your spoon in, and then you take a spoon up, and it'd be like slightly colder than when you warmed it up. Aww. Yeah, it'd be pretty good. That'd be a pretty good prank. Would you prank? Would you prank me with t- stop time ray? Um. So hang on, I gotta figure out which way it works. Okay. So if you're in the stop time ray, right, it's going to seem like you to you that three minutes passed without you knowing. Yeah. Okay. But if something else is in the stop time ray, then like, it's like, then that thing will progress. Three minutes. No, that thing will be stopped three minutes. So you could in like 
If I wanted to prank you in a different way, I'd wait till you put your soup in the microwave, and then I'd use the stop timer on the microwave, and you'd be like, oh, I'm so I'm so hungry, I, I need my chicken noodles. Well, we don't have soup. I'm just saying, you know, figuratively. I think your prank soup. brain is more evolved than mine. Yeah, and then, and then you'd be like, I wonder if my bologna's warmed up, and then, you know, you'd go, and it'd still be three minutes or however long you put your bologna in, because it would be, the, the stop timer, I would have stopped the... Okay, I think I yeah. understand. Yeah. So I would put you in a Tide Pod together. Okay. <laughs> into the stop timer, right? Okay. Oh no, I don't think that's. I think I got it. All right. No, I don't. No. no. Anyway, let's keep going. Just do it like pop a balloon or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm giving you too many ideas. Um, and Paul uh, finishes off by saying, "As a kid, I like Lucky Charms. As an adult, I don't eat breakfast cereal that often. Hmm. Well, you should try it. It's fun. Everyone's so over cereal. I love cereal, man. 2018, kiss your cereal goodbye. Yeah. You can put that on a sticker. <laughs> 2018, buy cereal. Bye. Buy, buy cereal, Alicia. Does that work? No. No. Okay. Keep going. All right. Uh, <laughs> keep going. She says <laughs> encouragingly, but also with some impetus. Uh, our friend Travis writes in. Hello, Travis. Um, Travis says, so Starscream was both a scientist and an extremely good flyer, and Megatron worked by the principle of, quote, keep your enemies close. Oh, wait. Star Crash. That was a, uh, that was a Transformers reference. Uh-huh. Yeah. No. Uh, weird movie. Uh, I like the stop motion robots and L's crush on the poor female lead. Speaking of the <laughs> robot, it took me a second viewing to realize his name actually really was that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. We mentioned that in the in the episode. Uh, sp- uh, speaking of the female lead, I really noticed how impractically she was dressed for space or mining or anything beyond being a cheesy movie female lead. It was amusing when I watched this with friends, and the shock of Hasselhoff happened. It was a really weird thing for just David Hasselhoff just to show up, like. When he takes the golden mask off in that cave. I had never seen young David Hasselhoff before. I'd only seen him in, like, 40s and later. Okay. Um, And so, like, I didn't know that he was such a little Cabbage Patch doll. Yeah, I'd seen him in uh, in Baywatch. I'd, um, never, saw, I'd never seen Baywatch. I, I'd, I'd never watched Baywatch, but I'd seen um, pictures of him from that. And so I knew that he was, like, kind of a little Cabbage Patch hunk. But not... It's like- to the like, extreme that he was in this movie. It's like he peels off the helmet, and there's like this beam of light, sort of, and you can't tell mm-hmm. whether it's a human being or a swan. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out it's neither. It's, it's a Hasselhoff. It's a Hasselhoff. Yeah. Um, Travis continues, as for cereal, I once helped put together a microcon uh, for another puppet-involved show called Syphil and Ollie. That's fun. Um, I was in charge of breakfast. I ran down to a local store, bought Malto meal versions of Cocoa Pebbles, Fruity Pebbles, Captain Crunch, and Lucky Charms, uh, which, by the way, uh, this is an aside. This is not in Travis's letter. The uh, Malto meal version of Lucky Charms is called Marshmallow Mateys. Nope. And it is a sea-themed marshmallow oat cereal, and it is almost exclusively what I ate my sophomore year in college. That's disgusting. <laughs> Just marshmallow mateys. Gross. What I'd do is I'd take a big Ziploc bag and fill it with marshmallow mateys, and I'd take it to my 8 a.m. class. And I'd eat all the oat parts first, and then I'd just have a giant bag of marshmallows that would keep me company until lunch. Smart. <laughs> yeah, I'm a smart boy. Um, uh, so, yeah, he, he bought all the multi meal virgins, mixed everything together, ugh, and served it to the group attendees. Due to the nature of the group, this actually went over pretty well. Shout out to the Sockheads, which I think are uh, um, Syphil and Ollie fans. So. Uh, oh. and Ollie is a great uh, early 2000s MTV show about sock puppets. I keep hearing and about it, but I haven't seen it yet. It's uh, very funny. Um, and that sounds 
amazing, Travis. So uh, thank you for sharing. Serial party. Um, our friend, uh, pretty sci-fi for a fly guy, writes in. Uh, he says, Star Crash is what you'd get if acid flashbacks <laughs> blooper reels. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like getting trapped inside a disco ball during a drunk dialed conference call with Ray Harryhausen and Russ Meyer while having the plot of Star Wars screamed at you by a confused eight year old. Why don't our listeners like write the reviews <laughs> on IMDb? The, yeah, okay. Like, uh, y'all need to Pretty get... sci fi for a fly guy. You need to go on IMDb and write <laughs> these reviews for these because your last few have been on fire. Uh-huh. Um, Perfect MST, MST fodder. I try to keep my breakfast habits fairly healthy. Most days, that means rolled porridge oats, lightly seasoned with cinnamon and regret. Uh, aside from the regret, that actually sounds pretty good. I really like um, oh, like oatmeal and You have a lot of oats. breakfast passion. I didn't know this about you, Dad. I do. I like breakfast uh, a lot, you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's all, that's all the letters we have um, this week. So thank you to everyone who wrote in. Again, that is facebook.com slash Gizmonic Institute Radio is our group, and we put out a call every time we record an episode. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at MST3K underscore podcast. Um, that is our Twitter, like I said. And then uh, we have a, uh, a Patreon if you really like our show and want to help support us and also want to hear more fun content from us, um, you can, for a dollar a month, go to patreon.com slash gizmonic. And again, like I said, for a, a dollar, um, you can get access to our other podcast that we do with Dr. Odd called Dr. Odd's Cinematic Fun Dumpster. Yay. Where Dr. Odd picks a movie out of his personal collection and uh, makes us watch it, and then we all talk about it. Yay. Um, last month was... Yeah, that's... Yay. Uh, what was what was the last one we watched? Uh, Am I the Day My Kid Turned Punk? Yeah, The Day My Kid Turned Punk, which is a... Is that what it is? It's, not, it's close yeah, no, that. Was the, it was The Day My Kid Turned Punk. Okay. Uh, that's the name of the... the it was was less of a movie, more of a a failed educational film, and I say failed because it it uh, failed to like like no one wins. It conveyed no message at all. Yeah, either. and 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 no one wins at the end of the yep. day. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's the message: is that yeah, life, no, is yeah, life is meaningless. Life is meaningless. Brought no to you wins. by ABC. Yeah. Nihilism by ABC. Yep. And uh, this this next month we are watching the famous unreleased Roger Corman 1994 version of the Fantastic Four. So again, that is our other uh, podcast, Doctor Odd Cinematic Fun Dumpster, which you can uh, get access to if you go to our page, uh, Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/Gizmonic, and donate a dollar a month. And we really, really appreciate everyone who's donating. Um, I mentioned this in our last episode. Even though Doctor Odd calls them dollar monkeys, yeah, even though, and we do too, but in a loving way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mentioned this in our last episode, but we had to renew our hosting. Um, and for the first time ever, we were able to not have to pay that out of pocket, which was like the coolest feeling ever. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who's donated. Um, and we uh, we really appreciate it. We're, we have some uh, things in the works. We're not, we don't have anything finalized yet, but uh, for kind of our ground floor donors, um, there's going to be some cool bonus stuff that we send out probably in the latter half of the year but that just uh, you know um, a, a thank you to everyone who's kind of uh, supported us since the beginning and we really really appreciate it um, if you want to support us but uh, can't or don't want to donate money um, 
we are on iTunes and other podcatchers such as uh, Castbox and uh, I know t- tons of others. Um, so if you go onto your podcatcher of choice and want to write us a nice review, it helps kind of get our name out. Um, helps you know w- us come to the top of searches for when people are looking for MSD3K related stuff, and helps other people who would like the show as much as you do find our show, and that really helps us out. So uh, yeah, if you could just. Um, go on and leave us a nice review we we really really appreciate it and we appreciate every single one of you who's out there listening it means a lot to us we love you without without any of you um this show would just be two or three or four crazy people trapped um, in space yeah just trapped in space talking to no one about uh their favorite ever television show but now we get to share it all with you our audience and it's um it's it's an amazing experience so thank you everybody um renee Yes. Do you have anything to add before we end this audiologue? There's been a earth-shattering, resounding lack of poetry in her inbox. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, Renee, <gasps> you had a le- you had a poem written for you at one mm-hmm. point, and then uh, requested more poems. Yeah, but then did not get it. See, and I f- I feel like poems are one of those things that if you ask for them, it's no one ever is ever going to write one. I guess that must be true. <laughs> I hope everyone well, and no one wrote one for me either so um yeah if you uh if you want to write us a poem um send it send it to us via a uh, message on our, our page or you can post it for everyone to read if you feel really confident about your poetry oh also i want to start signing off with the logs with the catchphrase but i haven't developed one yet okay so you uh, want to give one a, you want to give a few i'll like, give it a test, whirl test a few out yeah you ready yeah That the uh, My, oh, oops, sorry. Got to start over. My thesis is completeness. And that concludes the audio log for MST3K Season Eleven, Episode Six, Star Crash. So, uh, Doctor Odd, um, let's let's talk about what's what's your ideal uh, living situation. Hmm. Okay, so. First of all, the walls are made of, of lunch meat. Ooh. Right. Okay. So kind of like up here after you send us, you know, two tons of bologna every week. Well, sort of. But I mean, like, and it, I want to have a, like they call it in the, in the design world, they call it an accent wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But what that is, is it's a wall. It's still made of lunch meat. But when I touch it. I say the name of meats in a, in a different accent. In a different accent? Okay. So, like... So, what would, what would that sound uh, like? Well, uh, like I would go to the wall, you know, and uh, I would walk up to the ham wall with a, with a big piece of French bread. Okay. You know? And yeah. I go up and I... I go up and I put that ham on that... I put that French bread on that ham wall and I say, Oh, wee oui, wee. Oui. So I do, I do okay. have to say that like trying to understand the words that were coming out of you as you explain what you wanted, mm-hmm. it, it was so foreign to anything that I had ever conceived of in my life that it the, the processing time was quite long. Mm-hmm. Like you I said, just was, like, you said whatever I want. You said ideal, whatever yeah. I want. Well, and see Can to I me, not have dreams? my Stockholm syndrome is advanced enough to where I immediately imagined what exactly what Doctor Odd. You was felt saying. comfortable, right? With that. Yeah. See? 
Jeff gets yeah. it. What's your yeah. What's your problem? Well, See, I would I would go up to your wall and go roast beef. <laughs> okay, here's mine. Here's mine. Here's Is mine. that Russian? Here's mine. Here's mine. Here's mine. Here's mine. Here's mine. Here's mine. Oh, okay. All right. What was what, what? What just happened? Hello, mate. Stroll me. Hang on, hang on. I'm really good at okay. accents. I'm really good at accents. Here's, yeah. Do here's, uh. Here's a British accent. Okay. Ham. 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 Like I would go up to it and I'd be like, Olive love, wee wee. <laughs> so it's just all, all French French accents for you. Wee oui, wee. Oui. This kind of does only what I know. Oh, okay. Uh, you know that's a, that's so all right. I what guess else it's going want? to be a French accent war. Good day, meat pastrami. You know what you could have? You what? could have a pepperoni bed, like you know, it's like a dog bed, but it's like a pepperoni. Yeah. Is that something you would want, Doctor Odd? Pepperoni bed? I thought this was my dream. <laughs> I mean, we're helping I already you. sleep on a pepperoni bed. Oh, That's not okay. It's too close to reality. What about new things? I sleep, I sleep on a pepperoni bed on a, on a cheese crust pizza pillow. <laughs> yeah. Cheese crust it's pillow. Like, it's like in the Phantom of the Opera with the swan bed, but all pizza material. Okay. I don't know what that is, but I will agree with it. You ever seen the Phantom of the Opera? I have not. Then I would have like a like a you know like an Amazon Echo. Okay. Uh-huh. But when I would talk to it, it would just tell me how smart I am all the time and things. I'd be like, uh, uh, "Hey Alexa, uh, who's the smartest man in the world?" It'd be like, "Doctor Roth." So. Okay, that's amazing. I like the idea of the self-affirmation. And I I believe you just called that the Amazon Echo Chamber. Oh. Ah, that's pretty good. That. That's pretty yeah. good. I, I think I think old Jeff Bezos has uh, just got an idea. I know he's a listener to our podcast. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, old Jeff, yeah, man. Gonna, yep. Yeah, the other one. The we call him other Jeff. Don't worry, Willa. I'll I'll prime him for this episode. All right. Because well, Prime, because Amazon Prime is a great yeah, service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah, talk about yeah. Amazon Prime uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Over sponsors for this week's show, Amazon uh, Prime. No, 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 it's not. uh, (laughs) They didn't pay any money for this. Uh, We just love Prime here. And uh, right now, if you go to Amazon.com, you can sign up for a year for some amount. (laughs) It's a good commercial. Yep. Listen, listen. I've heard about this. It's called. uh, It's called like latent marketing. You put it in there. You you put stuff in there. Then you then you call the company. You're like, look what we did for you, and they send you your money. Yeah. They send you money? It's good. See? I'm sorry. I, I touched the Italian beef wall. <laughs> so uh, finish up telling us about what you, your oh, ideal. Then on the other side of the uh, my abode, I would like to have a Golden Corral restaurant. <laughs> uh, it's. Is this part of trying everything you don't especially, like? Especially, you do like? Yes, especially the <laughs> chocolate waterfall. The chocolate fountain Ooh, is a must. Yep. Is a must. Because I just, but it'll be only, it'll be only for me, and no See, one okay. will ever be able to kick me out again for just, you know, sticking my hand in it and licking my fingers repeatedly. Are we talking about Golden Corral or Cracker Barrel? I can't remember. Golden Corral. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you would never find me in such places, Cracker Barrel. I have, <laughs> I have standards. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Yeah, the uh, I I feel like a chocolate like a personalized chocolate fountain is uh, like a lot better than one that a bunch of toddlers are also sticking their hands in and then licking their fingers. So uh, speak for yourself. Okay. All right. I, sometimes I they did. sometimes they leave treats in there. They did. Like they're eating a cookie or something, you know. They, yeah. They leave Forty it in coli. a hot dog. Yeah. Yep. Fishing you know, out there. Yeah, but if your server catches you get fishing something out of that of the chocolate fountain, that's a little extra. They do charge you extra. They don't. They don't have servers at Golden Corral. <laughs> they bring you your drink glasses. They have. Uh, they call them wardens. <laughs> they, <laughs> they wardens. They have a warden and they have guards. They have guards <laughs> on uh, lookout towers at each corner of the yep. of the corral. <laughs> Stand up there with shotguns in case things get out of control. Yeah, shotguns filled with uh, fried chicken grease. Buckshot. You never know. Each corner has each shotgun. Each guard has a different treat loaded into his <laughs> shotgun. Sometimes uh, one guy, I said, "Blast me with that," and he and he shot me right in the mouth, and it was buckshot made of skittles. Oh. <laughs> so did you like it or didn't like it? You know, I like the flavor. Mm-hmm. The the way they entered my flesh, I did not like. <laughs> yeah, you got to taste the rainbow in a whole new way. I huh? did. Uh, well, I I think I feel like we've gotten a good look into your dream home, which is uh, a wall of meat that you touch and do a French accent, and and then also a golden corral. That is, is this all underground? Still, I'm imagining it's all underground. Oh, it has to be underground. Okay. Why is, why does it have to be underground? Well, I mean, you know, eventually when the bombs start falling and stuff, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be the only one yeah. left, so. <laughs> Seemed like you'd be someone who really likes Doomsday. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's why I packed all those nukes on that spaceship, Yuri. What? Nothing. Wait. Oh, oh okay. Well, uh, every time I think we're having a nice conversation, I end up learning something that makes me sad. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Bye-bye! Unless you try them all. Pokemon. You know, speaking of trying them all, I want yeah. to tell you about the great restaurant that we here at Gizmonic Institute Radios, we really love. It's called Golden Corral. <laughs> if you go it's down to Golden Corral, ranch. if you go to a Golden Corral every Thursday and tell them, uh, Dr. Odd sent me, they will give you a free uh, bucket of steak tips. Ooh, a whole bucket. Yes, and for only 50 cents more, they'll... they'll Fill the bucket with cheese nacho sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the steak tips are just like pieces of paper that they had cows write advice <laughs> on. <laughs> that's right. It's just <laughs> tips on ways to eat steak. But let's not yeah. let's not squabble. Just go on down to our favorite restaurant, the official restaurant of Gizmarcus to Radio Golden Corral. Yeah, getting diarrhea is free every other Tuesday. Every day. Yeah, every day. That's. Yeah, I don't want to undersell them, I guess. The food costs money, but the diarrhea is free. I just want to say, if Golden Corral is listening, feel free to use that for a small for a small fee. For, yeah, for you can use that in your Super Bowl ad. <laughs> Golden Corral. It'll be kind of like how money. I think they might Come use it. Come down to Golden Corral. The, the chocolate waterfall exists in the restaurant and your butt. You know how, like, Applebee's kind of cashed in on, like, you know, people go to us ironically, and then mm. they cash in on the hipster thing, and mm. they use it as an advertising scheme? I think Golden Corral might use our di- diarrhea campaign. Yeah, they could. Why not? They got nothing to lose. They're, they're like, mm-hmm. the kids love it. 
Yeah, the new Applebee's marketing campaign is just an apple that's filled with bees that they throw at people on the street. <laughs> oh, I and love they, that. They scream, "Got cowboy burger!" <laughs> I mean, look, it's inside a quesadilla. What do you want? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, this has been a good time. I just want to sign off by reminding everyone uh, how much we love Arby's. Uh.